the other day at Starbucks, um, I went, I, I got a drink, and the lady at the register was talking to me in a British accent, and we, like, had a moment, and she was just like, yeah, I've been putting on this British accent at times during the day, but I really just, like, I want to keep it forever, and she's like, <laughs> I actually tricked a customer into thinking that I was English, and I was like, very encouraging and I was like no please keep speaking in a British accent because that's my dream is to like go to London and speak in a British accent and fool everybody like Madonna she did that I mean she has like a sort of a British accent now from living in in London oh well go fuck herself but she's from like Detroit <laughs> yeah not like Madonna better so I was just like very encouraging for her and I think she was my soulmate what's her name I don't know <laughs> yeah. can I tell you something I've always wanted to do at Starbucks but I've never actually done but I'm, I'm going afraid. to sometime you know when they ask you for your name? Uh-huh. I want to tell them my name is Denzel Washington so that when they tell you, like, Denzel Washington, your order's ready. You just see everyone in the store, like, turn around. Because there's only yeah. one Denzel Washington. My dad and I used to do that at the uh, internist. When I was little, I would go for allergy shots, and we would write celebrity names on the list. <laughs> so we would call, and this was, like, the time when Baywatch was really popular. So we, like, put Pamela Anderson and, like, David Hasselhoff. Have you seen his music video? No, not yet. For true, I think it's called True Survivor. I haven't yet. Everybody needs to watch that right now. Put the sh- our podcast on pause and go watch his music video. Make sure to come right back. So they would just like come out of like their little rooms where they administer the shots and be like, David Hasselhoff, <laughs> David Hasselhoff. And like they would have to say it even if they knew it was fake because like, God forbid, they there was David a David Hasselhoff in the waiting room and they were just like, this isn't real. They would get in trouble. And I think one time I put... Britney Spears and Justin Timberlake. So you could kind of like gauge how old I was um, from that. It was probably the highlight of the day for the people at the doctor's office. And for me. And for you. And for me. Which is all that really matters. Yeah, I would agree wholeheartedly with that. Um, Another thing that makes my day is this next interview. (laughs) Again, with the transitions are amazing. I'm killing it. I am killing it lately. Uh, this is Negative Death, and this is from our field trip series where we went to the New York Hall of Science, and we got to interview five bands that played throughout the day in different parts of the museum. We had one band. If you've never been to the New York Hall of Science, it's the coolest thing ever. I used to go on field trips there when I was little, but there's like also this one location that's my favorite. It's called the Treehouse, and it's sort of like elevated above an entire floor. And they had one band play there. They had another play in another corner. It was just, it was madness and it was crazy and it's just, it's such a cool experience to see like these local bands play in a museum, like somewhere that you wouldn't expect music to be played. So anyways, that's enough of my spiel, but this is Negative Death uh, and this is our interview with them. What's up, everybody? It's Mark from the uh, Play Too Much podcast. I'm here with the dudes in Negative Death. That's How are you guys us. doing? Great. Cool. Oh, awesome. you've worked with metal bands. Do you think Negative Death sounds like a metal band? Oh, hell yeah. Right? But it almost sounds too much like a metal band. Like, it sounds like a stereotypical metal band. <laughs> I, that's what's cool about you guys not being a metal band, though. Yeah. yeah. So what are your names? My name is Paul Peyabyeb Cruz, but P. Cruz for short. That's what I go by. I'm um, Zeno. go by G-Spank. We're at the New York Hall of Science. Is this the weirdest place you've ever played a show or recorded? This actually, I don't know, might not be the no, weirdest. No, the weirdest was a different show yeah. in Utica. That I was, hate to say. That was I really hate to weird. say it because I love my hometown, but yeah. 
it was it was pretty weird. Yeah, it was like, and we're very. We've only had two performances, and so this is our third performance as this group. And our second show was really weird. Why? It was really late at night, and there was like performance art, and I'm I'm doing quotes right now because okay. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about performance art, but performance art going on around us. It was a in theory yeah. a great night. It was a bunch of bands. There was an art opening simultaneously. It was in this space downtown that we rent, that we practice in. So it's really cool. All of our friends are there. Super DIY, which is like, yeah. it's very like nice. you guys do but a then, lot of um, stuff there. Then the vibe got kind of thrown yeah. right before we played, and everyone bailed. Yeah, because the, nobody was like, except for the artists who were part of it, I feel like nobody was really digging the performance art like they weren't there for the performance no and then like they don't like I feel like as performers like we could kind of feel out a crowd you know it's like okay nah let's not play the song this time around you know but I feel like with the performance art they're just so they were so engulfed in it that I don't think they realized that people were like what the fuck and then basically people just kept on trickling out and like nobody gave a shit and then this one song like we ended up going on and people were digging us a lot so I was like fuck it let's play one more song and I was like alright yo this this song is like about killing myself. Like that's what the well, that's what it's about. So nice I was like, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, this song is about death, right? So you get like the performance artists like start wailing like they're dying, and I'm like trying to like perform the song, and I was like, nah, I can't do this. You. Yeah, they just not like they were like trying to be a part of it, right? And it was in the weirdest way possible. And to me, it's like very um, pulse possessive. Well, not possessive, but it's like there's a way to collaborate with people. You know, I feel like I felt really disrespected, but other, I mean, it wasn't a bad show in the sense that like there were people who dug what we were doing and that was fun. But yeah, so this is not the weirdest show we've played. We were saying it feels kind of like we're filming porn, like we're we're all just filming some weird stuff in like a weird location in the the middle of the day. Yeah, it's like Zach and Miri's porn, like when they did it in the coffee shop. Yeah, totally. Mm. Yeah, like your spot. You haven't seen it yet. They could totally film a porn there. Yeah. Cool. Maybe I'll There's just like do a porn stuff. You should, should pr- just do a porn probably wash your hands after we're done. Yeah. Done with this. Right. <laughs> so how, did you, how did you guys get together and start playing music together? Um, you want to tell a story? Or? Yeah, I mean, we both went to Binghamton University. And uh, when I was a freshman, Paul was a senior. And I, I mean, I could be wrong. I think I met you because your band was jamming outside. We were jamming outside. So we were you a very obnoxious do. jam, hip-hop, rock. Yeah. R&B group and we jammed outside it was like outside. the Roots but us yeah <laughs> but worse <laughs> much worse than the Roots um, so you guys would jam like every Sunday and it would be really loud Yeah, and, and then, then like one of my friends lived on his floor and was like oh he plays the cello why don't you come play cello with us and it. with all the blaring instruments you can't hear his cello so he ended up playing guitar with us and, yeah. and we did some cool stuff with that band like we opened up for Fife Dog and like Dwelle and oh nice it's fun it was cool but then it just ended up dismantling and then but during that whole time, I feel like I was always like, yo, Zeno, let's make music together. We always and it talked just about it. never happened. And this is the first that we Yeah, like five years later, we're like, all right, let's do this. So he lives in Utica, I live in Queens. So it was a lot of just like, we got together twice in person for this record. Everything else was done like remotely, which was a cool technology thing. But How'd you get into the like the electronic side? I'm always curious because it's like, it's a hard instrument to just like get into. It's not like a guitar <laughs> or like drums. Like sure. you have to really like get into it and buy all the equipment how'd you get into yeah. that kind of stuff i well i started on guitar um like a junior high played in a band through high school doing mostly guitar and bass and then really wanted to drum so i taught myself drums now i'm drumming in another band comfy um but somewhere along the way because i do solo stuff with bad cello um i mean i've always liked it uh i'm kind of indecisive when it comes to 
music. I feel like every le- release I've done or done with people is always not like the previous one. That's cool though. Uh, it's fun. I I don't know. Do you sing Sometimes at all? I feel like a master of none, but do you do vocals at all? Yeah. Yeah. Oh really? Yeah. Do you guys both write the lyrics to your songs? Or how does that how does that work? Paul writes. I write the lyrics. I there's the funny thing about this record is like I had a ton of lyrics written already and Zeno was like, now nah, we gotta scrap that. And so like I rewrote a lot of stuff. So technically I feel like he contributed editor. to writing and edited it. You know, he's like trying to figure out rhythmical things right. and like, nah, that's not really hitting, so you gotta change that. So I really 100% believe that, like, even with lyrics and small contributions like that, it's like we both 50-50 write in, you know? So I would say, yes, you do help me. Right. <laughs> but, like, idea-wise, I definitely take control because I'll have bars written out and then he'll kind of just, like, edit here and there, like, if something's not hitting production-wise because he produces everything, too. So, um, yeah. Do you go into songs saying, like, this? we're going to write a song about this or do you just start writing lyrics and see where it kind of takes you? I, I typically will write beats first so like I'll write beats and then he messes with them like that's how the process is so typically I will write beats and have the instrumentals going on while I'm walking on the subway like I wrote most of this commuting so it's like I'll have beats in my in my phone player or whatever everything's in our phones now and I would just listen to it over and over again and I'd be like walking around and be like okay so this is a chorus or like I would attach to one line and be like okay let me build off of this this rhyming couplet because I really like how it sounds so it's like very very instrumental influence first but there are some times when I'm like oh this shit happened I need to write about this you know like like the whole climate right now with a bunch of with the whole Black Lives Matter movement and a lot of the uh, you know people getting killed by cops like there's one song I'm writing that's going on the next record that's like I was like I have to write about this because this is like emotionally hitting me right now but typically it's it's based on the instrumentals if that makes sense yeah yeah totally and yeah. listening to you guys I mean you, your songs have a lot of words like how do you memorize <laughs> I'm just curious with like, like do you ever forget your lyrics totally when you're like when you're performing I haven't yet surprisingly I haven't yet um, especially because I thought I'd definitely blank out because I'm not used to being in the front like I was a drummer my whole life and I was like man when I'm in front of the stage I'm probably going to blank out but it's it's become like just like just like with drumming, when um, I would have these rhythms ingrained so much in myself that it's just like, it feels like second nature. And it's like, if I mess up, it's like, okay, I'm just going to keep on going. Like, right. it's, it's, I think a lot of my performance as a drummer has helped contribute to me as an MC because I've learned how to rhythmically just like keep on going or something. And like, I've learned how to internalize rhythms. Like, I think that's what's most important to me. Like, if I get off the rhythm, then sometimes I, f- I feel like. I memorize the rhythms more than I memorize the words. So it's more of like sounds of words and rhythms combined rather than what actually what I'm saying. Right. Because sometimes I'm just like rapping and I'm like, the fuck am I saying right now? (laughs) So it's just like, I feel like it's a combination of like sounds and rhythm, just like any other instrument that like really I remember and internalize. So who do you, who's good in hip hop that I should be listening to? I'm not like, all the hip hop I listen to is like from like the early 90s. Who would you guys recommend I listen to? There's nothing wrong with the early 90s. I mean, you got Black Star. Like, Black you know, Star, like Wu Tang, yeah. Mob Deep. I'm, yeah, I was. Who should I be listening to now? Listening to Q-Tip. Yeah, any of his albums. Yeah, I mean, he's always hitting it, yeah. even now. But, I, mean, I, I already said Bus Driver, but yeah. that's like all I've been doing. Yeah. So Bus Driver, um, uh, both of us are into Bus Driver, and he's this really eccentric rapper. I mean, he he was around in the '90s too, but he's part of this like West Coast movement, and I feel like production-wise and like alternate hip-hop-wise, like. 
these West Coast guys, just check out Hellfire Club. Like, all those guys are doing really weird things with hip-hop, and I like it. Where it's like, I feel like a lot of um, things on the East Coast aren't aren't really straying away that much. Like, I hear some, like, underground cats and, like, people who I've just run into who are doing hip-hop, and it sounds like hip-hop, which is really cool, but the West Coast is just kind of obliterating that. Right. And it's just kind of making their own version of it. So definitely check out the West Coast. Like, check out Hellfire Club. But Bus Driver is just, like, he'll blow your mind. I like the name Bus Driver. Yeah. And then just, like, like you know, like, Farrah Monch has been around for a while, but his, his record that came out last year influenced Conscious Pop, the one we're coming out with, because I gave Zeno that record, and he's like, man, he really made, like, a record with this. Like, it's a story. PTSD is, like, a story. Right. Like, the whole thing. And it's just, like, that's why I had to scratch so much stuff, because yeah. all the songs I had written previously, it didn't, it wasn't cohesive, you know? So listen, I think listening to PTSD by Farrow Monch was like huge. Um, so definitely Farrow Monch, and then also Jean Grey, because she right now what she's doing is she's just making records and putting them on Bandcamp like a day after she oh, makes nice. them. So it's like a really, a, it, it's a really different. It's it's just it's a different process because everybody like writes a record, then maybe you won't hear the record for like another two years because there's like oh you got to do press, you got to do all this stuff. But Jean Grey is literally like making things and putting them out the next day. So she, I think she's some somebody really cool to check out right now because she's been in the game for a while, but she's just took a totally different turn. I was just like, I'm just gonna put records on Bandcamp. I don't right. give a shit. Yeah. So like everybody can put their music online. Like it's super easy. Do you think that makes it harder to find like what's good as opposed to, you know, there's thousands of people putting stuff online. Is it yeah. harder to find like the good shit as opposed to like, you know, just awful music? Like you know what I mean? Like yeah. you, to, you kind of have to. Um, pick and choose what you're listening to is it harder to find like music you like with I, so yeah. many s- I don't search for music anymore I hate to say it because I know some I've met so many musicians right. from playing in bands and yeah. stuff so I, I tend to just check up on what they've done yeah. and you know it's usually awesome yeah I'm fortunate we're fortunate to know so many talented people yeah absolutely I listen to a lot of stuff within our little circle <laughs> um but I, I actually think it's made it easier because Regardless, I know what I like, I know what I don't right. like. I really, I, I feel like only listening to the radio makes it hard to keep the shit away because you're only listening to the same songs in the same rotation over and over again. But like with this whole pick and choose, it's like you could be like, okay, I don't like this artist, fuck it, what's the next one? So I feel like it's made it a lot easier to find what I don't like and what I like because now I could be like, okay, like Bus Driver, I could just Google him. And then you're like, right. oh, he's associated with the Hellfire Club. Okay, I'll just check those guys out. It's like, all of it. it's just so, yeah, it's yeah. so easy. It's so easy. And, um, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm also the same as, you know, too, where like, I rarely, like, it's hard. Re- more recently, I've been venturing out. Um, but like, I'm also just like, stu- especially in, in rock music. Like, that's the music I fell in love with first. And, but in rock music, I'm really still only listening to bands that I listened to a long time ago. Like, there's no new rock music that I'm really into. Has that influenced what you guys are doing now? Like like old rock music and stuff people wouldn't um, necessarily expect you guys to be influenced by? We talked about it. We talked about trying to make... Oh, yeah. yeah. I think initially... I don't know like, if it's going to happen. Yeah. I've, we want to make like an indie... Kids, we, we definitely want to make like an indie rock... Like, like your, an your old indie hip-hop record. Yeah. Bear Hunt. Yeah. You guys walk that line really, really well. Yeah. But, between like indie pop, yeah. rock, and... But definitely, like like I was talking about before, like I think rock music definitely influences me because, I mean, rock music uh, is just like I think emotionally, like I I was listening to In Utero as a as a kid, right. you know, so like I was rock walking around like 
moshing in the streets like trying to be as obnoxious as I can you know and I was like listening to like System of a Down and I was just listening to really harsh shit right. you know so it's like it taught me to just let go like when I play drums I bleed a lot of the times because I'm fucking hitting them as hard as I can and I feel like that affects me performance wise because then I just let go like here it was pretty tame because we were like on a whatever but like when him and I perform together we just kind of don't give a fuck and I feel yeah. like that's very rock and roll. Whereas, definitely. like, with emceeing, um, the roots of it, I feel like there's definitely this persona. There's this, like, I'm, I'm an MC, But I don't, I don't have that confidence. So it's, like, a lot of my stage performance is rock music because right. that taught me how to just let my emotions go, yeah, like, unfiltered. And how do you guys feel about, like, vocal tracks? Like, when you watch a lot of hip-hop performances, it's, it's almost like watching somebody singing over their own vocals, which yeah. is kind of weird to me. Um, I don't quite understand. I mean, I understand why they're doing it, but yeah. it seems like you're kind of getting cheated some of the time. Like you're almost like watching karaoke of somebody <laughs> singing over their own yeah. over their own voices. How, how do you guys feel about that kind of stuff? I mean, I feel like it's necessary. I think sometimes. during hooks. Yeah, we, we use it during hooks. Yeah, during hooks we use it, and then he also doubles my words sometimes because right. I think it really comes down to just like studio production has come to a point where you're not just hearing one track. Most right. of the time, it's like layered, so it's like to emit that live and get that because I feel like people need to do it which, which kind of sucks sometimes right. I mean but at least they're rapping like I hear rapper most rappers I hear them getting out of breath even like somebody as big as Jay-Z like he's actually rapping live it's not like some pop artists who are just literally lip syncing oh yes yeah. so like Maybe. yeah exactly so like doubling tracks I think is just because sonically like that's what we're used to um, it might just sound too thin especially they're playing these big fucking stadiums yeah it's like you need hype, man. You need you need that. So it's like for me, I used to be very purist. You know, like I used to record tracks in my bedroom and be like, I'm only gonna do it in one take, blah blah blah. But then like, what it comes down to now for me is like, whatever you need to do to get it done, and who cares if you're not hurting anybody? I don't give a fuck. <laughs> and uh, so, what what can people expect from you guys in the future? Well, I mean, you've got another record written. Yeah, I basically demoed out another record already. I don't know what and happened. Our new rec- and our first record isn't even out yet. So. Yeah, our first record is coming out next week. But yeah, I've I've come to I know how he feels now because he writes records like as Bad Cello is his solo thing, and I love Bad Cello. And he'll write something I'm like this is fucking awesome. He's like, Nah, it sucks. I'm I'm on the next tip already. And I'm like, What are you talking about? But I know exactly how it feels now because like I have these batch of songs ready that I feel like. I've grown so much as an MC in that short amount of time and like songwriting wise like I'm just like nah I want to do this because especially like the next record I'm trying to make poppier because I feel like that's necessary like, I love grooving to music right. I love you know it's like why don't we do that I mean that's what we tried to do on this record but I think even more so on the next record without sacrificing lyrical content I think we want to try to make it dancey and emotional like I'm putting some love songs on this record which oh, is nice. like this, well, I, yeah, I don't know if you like this record. I'll, I'll give you a copy of it, but it's literally like all political except okay. for one track, which is like the one about me killing myself. You know, but everything is just like political. And that's it's not like, the love song. The one no, that's not. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, next song is definitely. I feel like it's gonna hit more personal, introspective stuff because um, I feel like this record is definitely a commentary. Like I'm commentating. Right. So. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for coming out and playing today. This is. Kind of weird and cool and fun. Yeah. All yeah. the same thing. Thank yeah. you, man. All right. Thanks. I'm glad I got to talk to you because I only usually hear you yes. um, on the podcast. I do have a full body for people who aren't sure. It's weird. It's, I didn't imagine right you here. with a full body. I imagined you with like the Futurama head. Okay. That would be interesting. Right? Yeah. yeah. 
I mean, I'm all, I'm all good looks from the neck up. It's the neck down, you got a problem. All right, it was nice to meet you, man. Thanks, you too. Hi, we're Negative Death. We're at the Queens Hall of Science in when New York Hall of Science in Queens. I'm from Queens. <laughs> this next song is called Rich. We're here with Play Too Much. Drop it, G-Spank. about a rhyme, bling this, bling that, what it's not about a dime, money's held up on this high, and the hope will shut the side, in this day and time, we need the poor to rise, cause we idolize, what's destructive for the mind, it only satisfies the eyes, looking long, leaves you blind to what really resides, behind the diamond sky, life's not about a prize, what the golden cap resides, you can't keep a fly, but what you wear, doesn't really matter when you die, you can't keep a fly, but what you wear, doesn't really matter when you Kill, kill, food is not enough to get our fill, fill, fill It's like we eat human flesh and shit polyester Put your hands in the toilet, make a holiday sweater Punch out our teeth for the grills, grills, grills Cut off our feet for the rubber track hills Replace our intestines with gold link chains Now the heart stop beating cause the blood down the veins But it's okay, we got credit cards to slide in the clouds and make it rain Buy a brand new soul and a brand new brain You'll know it's yours because of I in the day negative death they were uh they were super cool dudes really chill and down to earth yeah and uh thanks for listening to this episode of the uh play too much podcast you can follow us on twitter the official play too much twitter handle is at we play too much you can follow me at shankletown s-c-h-e-n-k-e-l-t-o-w-n not to be confused with the zero other shankletowns (laughs) and alana what's your twitter handle oh boy uh I hope you're all ready for this. Uh, it is Alanasaurus, I-L-A-N-A-S-A-U-R-R-R-U-S. <laughs> Thank you.